If you have a Bible with you this morning, please open to Paul's letter to the Galatians chapter 6. Paul's letter to the Galatians chapter 6. And I'd like to take for our reading the first 10 verses. Galatians chapter 6, beginning reading at verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfil the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather for worship this morning. Uh, Thank you for the freedom that we have in this country. Uh, Thank you that we are safe. Uh, Thank you that we can worship you as we believe we ought. I pray now that you would bless us as we give attention to your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to understand the text of Scripture before us. I pray that he would help us to know how to apply what we read here and I ask that he would give us the grace uh, to do so. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Saviour, whom we love. Amen. The last Sunday I talked about one of the greatest challenges that we are going to face as followers of Jesus in 2022. Uh, We are going to be pressured and tempted to be conformed to this world. And I mentioned five areas where we're likely to be tempted the most. Uh, I also talked about how we resist this temptation and why we should commit ourselves to doing so. And uh, that sermon is available at our YouTube channel and our website and I'd encourage you to have a listen if you weren't here last Sunday. This morning I'm going to bring a similar kind of sermon. Uh, That is a sermon with this new year in view. But instead of talking about something that is going to challenge us, I'm going to talk about something that will be essential to the health of our life together as a church and essential to our spiritual well-being as individuals. If this doesn't happen very much in 2022, then we are going to be in real trouble. If recent history is any guide, then this year is probably going to be quite difficult. And if what I'm going to talk about today is absent from our life together, or if it's barely there, then this year is going to be exceptionally difficult. 
So what is this thing that we can't do without in 2022? Well, it's here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. The Holy Spirit, via the pen of the Apostle Paul, says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfil the law of Christ. At one time or another, in this new year, we're all going to need someone to do this for us. Even the most mature among us, the most resilient, the most experienced, the most emotionally stable, (laughs) are going to need this. We're going to need someone to come alongside us and help us bear a burden. Now, we don't need to have been to Bible college to understand what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. A burden is some heavy thing that has been laid upon us. And in case you're wondering, it's different to the burden that the Apostle mentions in verse 5. Okay, that's a different Greek word. It refers to a task or, or a service. In verse 5, it's the idea of attending to one's own responsibilities. A different concept to the one before us in verse 2. It might be the grief associated with losing a loved one. Or it might be a financial setback. Or a relationship that's in bad shape. Or difficulties with one of our children. Or problems at work. Or a serious illness. Or it might just be the collective weight of all the things that we are called to do. Our burdens take many forms. They are the hard things in life. The things that weigh heavily upon us. That press us down. And before I talk about how we do what this verse is calling us to do, I want to focus on the second part for a few minutes. Uh, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfil the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? We don't often use this expression. It's usually the love of Christ, or the grace of Christ, or the power of Christ that we hear about, and not the law of Christ. Well, this is the law that Christ gave us. The law that represents his character. The law that sums up what his moral teaching is all about. We find it in at least three places in the New Testament. You can look up these references or just listen as I read them. Uh, John chapter 13 verse 34. Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. John chapter 15 verse 12, again Jesus is speaking, uh, this is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. And then 1 John chapter 3 verse 23, and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. God's son Jesus Christ commanded us to love one another. This is the law of Christ. Bearing one another's burdens is one of the ways that we fulfill, that we obey this law, this command that comes straight from the lips of Jesus. It's how we love one another. And it's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus exemplified this law that he gave to his disciples. He bore the burdens of others. He bore our burden, the one that weighed most heavily upon us, the one that was ruining our lives, the one that was dragging dragging us down all the way to hell. 
And he didn't just share the load with us, he carried all of it. He took all of it off our shoulders and carried it away. Of course, I'm talking about the soul-killing, life-destroying burden of sin. Surely, the prophet Isaiah says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. As we sung last Sunday, burdens are lifted at Calvary. And that's because the man on the cross lifted that burden off us and carried it himself. He took our sins and suffered for them. He experienced in his body and in his soul what sin deserves from the hand of God and those who are trusting in him are freed. They are unburdened. They can finally live. Now we are no more Christ-like than when we love others by bearing their burdens. This is when the light of the gospel really shines. This is when the aroma of authentic Christianity is at its sweetest, when it really fills the air. Jesus said, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And he was talking about love that does what the Apostle Paul says in our verse. Love that comes alongside others and helps them carry the heavy burdens of life. This kind of love is what identifies Jesus' disciples. It's their distinctive characteristic and it's very attractive. Who doesn't want to experience love like this? Who doesn't want to be loved this way? Everybody does. Everybody needs to be. I hope you can see how important this is. I hope you can see that I'm right when I say that this is something we cannot do without. We need to obey Christ's command. We need to experience this in our own lives because we are weak and feeble. We all need help. And it's an essential part of our witness to the world. Now with this in mind, I have eight points that I want to share with you this morning. Okay, it was five last week, and I know that probably made some of you nervous, and eight is three more than five, uh, but you don't need to freak out. Okay, this is not going to be a long sermon. I'm going to move through these points fairly quickly. I'm going to give you four ways we do this, four ways we bear one another's burdens, and then four reasons why this sometimes doesn't happen. Four ways we bear one another's burdens, four reasons why this sometimes doesn't happen. And then we'll be done. So here we go. Four ways we bear one another's burdens. Number one, by praying. By praying. Now the more more religious sounding term for this is making intercession. It's when we go to our Father in heaven on behalf of others, when we ask him to do things for others, to intervene in their lives in a positive way. 
Now it's very interesting to me that the Apostle Paul understood that this is effective. That God answers the prayers that his children pray on behalf of others. Uh, Twice in his epistles he says to his readers, pray for us, (laughs) please pray for me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 25, brethren, pray for us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1, finally brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. We can share the load that others are carrying by asking God to strengthen them, to encourage them, to give them joy. We can bear their burden by bringing the specifics of their situation to the Lord and asking Him to provide whatever it is they need. Now this, in my hand here, is our, is our church directory. And uh, if your name is in it, then you're welcome to have a copy and uh, we'll be updating it very soon. And so if you're not in it and you'd like to be, let us know and we'll put your detail in. But uh, this, this directory is a wonderful aid to prayer. And as such, it can help us bear one another's burdens. I would encourage you to pray through one page of names each day or every second day. It's good to mention people by name in our prayers. Mention all of the children's names. Remember them before the Lord. And if you're aware of what people are going through, then pray about that on their behalf. Number one, we bear one another's burdens by praying. And then number two, we do so by giving. Now I don't think this needs a lot of explanation. We know the difference this can make for those who are dealing with difficult circumstances. We know this because we've probably experienced it for ourselves. Someone gave us some money or some furniture or a job. Or they turned up at the front door with a meal or a bag of groceries and it made that burden we were carrying that little bit lighter. I think we also know that the Bible calls us to be generous people, ready and willing to give what we have to help others. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, But to do good and to communicate, that is to share what you have, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Romans chapter 12 verse 13, distributing to the necessity of saints. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labour, working with his hands, the thing which is good. And why? That he may have to give to him that needeth. Now just as an aside, this is probably what brings me the, the most joy as a pastor. When I hear reports of people in our church family being generous. When I hear that someone was made aware of a need and without being asked they they met that need. It warms my heart. (laughs) They gave some money or some furniture or whatever it was. That's so wonderful. Because that is such Christian (laughs) behaviour. We bear one another's burdens by praying and by giving. And then number three, we do this by helping. Now this is a very general word and what I'm referring to is hands-on assistance. And it takes many forms. Minding children, cleaning bathrooms, doing laundry, providing transport, mowing lawns, etc, etc. Sometimes this is really what people need. 
This is what they're looking for. They know there's not a whole lot anyone can do to help them with the specific circumstances they're dealing with, but it sure would make a difference if someone could help them with the 7,000 other things that need doing. Now, most of us aren't doctors or counsellors or financial experts. Most of us aren't equipped to provide advice to people dealing with complex parenting situations or relationship breakdown, but most of us can do this. We can help someone who is having a hard time in practical ways. That's love. That will ease their burden maybe more than we ever know. And then finally, number four, we do this by encouraging. Praying, giving, helping and encouraging. Now all of this might come under the category of encouragement, but what I mean here is coming alongside someone and conversing with them, spending time with them, listening to them share their struggles and how they're feeling, speaking words of grace and love in reply, expressing solidarity with them, praying with them. This also involves those little acts of kindness, doing something nice for someone who's having a hard time just to lift their spirits, just to let you know that you're thinking of them and you care. This is calling in for a cup of tea. This is a text message with a Bible verse in it. This is a phone call. This is a lunch invitation. This is looking someone in the eye, putting your hand on their shoulder and telling them that you love them and they're going to be okay. It mightn't sound like much, but this is powerful stuff. These simple demonstrations of love really do help people with the burdens they are carrying. They might be sinking further and further down beneath the weight of all the trouble in their life or beneath a heavy burden of grief or frustration or anxiety and you come along and show them some simple human kindness. You listen to them. You buy them a cup of coffee. You have a laugh together. You open up to them and it's reviving. It's life-giving. It's the good medicine of Christian fellowship. We pick each other up and we press on. But there are, other, there are other ways that we can apply the exhortation in our text. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but I would say that it is an essential list. If we're not doing any of these four things, then we're really not bearing one another's burdens at all. We're not fulfilling the law of Christ. And this brings me to my second lot of four points. Four reasons why this sometimes doesn't happen. It sometimes doesn't happen, number one, because we don't care. We understand what the Bible says. We see that others in our church family are struggling, but we're not interested in bearing their burden. We're not moved by their situation. We're not motivated to do anything to help, to to give or to encourage. If this is true of us, if we're not helping others because we don't care, that's a real problem. There is something seriously wrong with our spiritual life. Listen to the words of the Apostle John. He he tells us just how serious this is. 1 John 3, verse 17, he says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? 
If a professing Christian sees a brother or sister in need and they have the ability to help, but they don't, if they just don't care, then you have to wonder about their profession. Do they really love God? That's what John is saying. Showing love to other Christians is what Christians do. It's a sign that a person has been made alive to God, that a person is part of God's family. It may be that a person doesn't care because they don't know the Lord. They've not been born again. But it's also true that as Christians, our hearts can become very hard and very cold. And we can get to a place where we have little interest in helping other people, where we we don't want to get involved because we've become almost completely self-centred and worldly. Our sights are firmly set on achieving our goals, fulfilling our desires, looking after our little kingdom. Or it's because we've been let down by others. They didn't help us when we needed it. They didn't appreciate what we did for them and how much it cost. They, they turned around and treated us badly. And so we're done. We're out when it comes to helping others. Or perhaps we don't care because we've simply not kept our hearts warm for Jesus. We've not been in his word very much. We've not really been committed to his church. We've become comfortably cold and apathetic. Sometimes we don't bear one another's burdens because we don't care. And if you don't care, then I hope you'll do something about that today. I hope you'll ask God to deal with your heart that is evidently very sick and very far away from where it ought to be. The second reason why this sometimes doesn't happen is because we don't notice. We don't see that there are others carrying burdens because we're so overwhelmed by the hard things we're dealing with. And at times that's understandable. Or, and this is more of a problem, it's because we're distracted. Our attention has been so taken up by things happening out there in the world or by a subject that we're particularly interested in that we become oblivious to the needs of people around us, the people that we are united to in the body of Christ. And it's not that we're hard-hearted. It's not that we lack compassion. It's simply the case that things that are less important have become more important to us. More important than showing love. We can come to church and talk about our favourite subjects with our favourite people and not see that there are those who are having a hard time, those who could so do with some encouragement. We live in an age of distraction. It seems like there are a thousand things trying to get our attention and our energy away from what's really important, what really matters in the Christian life. And this is one of those things that really matters. The law of Christ bearing one another's burdens. The third reason why we sometimes fail to do this is because we're afraid. We're nervous about reaching out because we don't know what to do or what to say or we're afraid of how people will respond when we offer to help. Sometimes we're afraid of being embarrassed. Uh, If we say a kind word to someone, if we express our love, we fear they might laugh at us or reject us, and nobody likes that. You, You feel really dumb when you open your heart to someone 
and they make light of it or push you away. Now this is only my opinion, so you're free to disagree, but I think this is a real barrier. We're moved to encourage someone to to do something nice for them. We know they're struggling, but we don't go with that first righteous and compassionate instinct. We don't just go ahead and show love, no. We start to think, oh, maybe they'll be offended. (laughs) Oh, maybe they'll think I'm intruding. Or maybe they'll feel uncomfortable if I give them this gift or do this thing for them. We find all of these reasons, often based in fear, not to show love, not to bear their burden. I don't see this in the life of Jesus, do you? I don't know if he healed every sick person he ever encountered. I tend to think he didn't. But we certainly don't see him saying to himself, oh, if I heal this person or if I show compassion to this multitude, I might make them uncomfortable. They might be embarrassed that someone is showing them kindness. Maybe I better not do it. (laughs) We don't see that. Rather, we see Jesus simply showing love, being gracious, being kind as he came across those in need. For sure, he was the Son of God, but there was no second guessing. And I would encourage you to follow his example this year. I would encourage you to worry less about how your kindness will be received and just go right ahead and show it. (laughs) Don't let fear prevent you from fulfilling the law of Christ. Now you might not say the right words. You might put your foot in it. (laughs) Or you might not meet, meet the need in exactly the right way, but that you did something that you reached out and showed love will mean something to that person, I guarantee it. We don't care, we don't notice, we're afraid. And then reason number four why this sometimes doesn't happen is because we don't know. We don't know. And what I mean by this is sometimes we don't bear one another's burdens because we don't know that people are bearing burdens and we don't know because they don't let on. And actually, they make a real effort to disguise the fact that they're having a hard time. They don't want people to know that they're being pressed down by some situation in their life. Now again, this is only my opinion, so you're free to disagree, but I think this is a big problem. We miss out on so much help that God has for us, we end up carrying our burdens alone because we won't be honest. We won't be vulnerable. We won't go to our pastor or to another brother or sister in the church and say, I'm having a hard time, can you help me? Can you you pray for me? Can we talk? There is a family of people here ready and willing to help us, but sometimes they don't know we need it. Perhaps we don't make ourselves known in this way because we've been burned before. We reached out to someone, we opened up to them, We made ourselves vulnerable and we were mistreated. Our trust was violated. They just didn't help us like we thought they would. They abandoned us. And and I understand that. Once bitten, twice shy. But I wonder if most of the time it's just pride. We won't humble ourselves and let it be known that we're struggling, that we've got some things in our life that are weighing us down. We want people to think that we've got it together 
that we're making our way through this life just fine, that we're strong, that we're wise, that we've got everything under control. And yes, I'm talking especially to you men. This is our problem. Because we're proud, because we try to carry our burdens all by ourselves, we end up becoming anxious, frustrated and short-tempered. We're prone to anger and to other sinful lusts. And it's those we love the most that often suffer. Now I know that sometimes we can't share all the details of what's weighing us down because other people are involved and we need to respect their privacy. I get that. But we can still go to someone and say, look, I'm having a hard time. I'm not doing so well. Please, please pray for me. Look, please check in with me this week. Can you, can you text me and make sure I'm okay? We can all do that. We can all ask for that kind of help. And I suspect that if you went to someone in our church family and asked them to do this for you, they would be thrilled to have the opportunity to care for you. They'd be blessed to help you bear your burden. We know that God gives grace to the humble. And brothers and sisters, his grace often comes to us through the hearts, the hands and the mouths of other people. To receive it, we have to be humble enough to make our needs known. We have to tell someone what's going on. Maybe this is something you need to do after the service. You need to be honest with someone here and ask them to pray for you, ask them to catch up during the week or whatever it might be. If you need help, if you need someone to bear your burden with you, then ask. Don't be too proud not to. This is something that we definitely cannot do without in 2022. We cannot do without each other's love. We need others to come alongside us and help us bear our burdens and that will happen if we do what God calls us to do in this text. We love one another by praying continually, by giving generously, by helping practically and by seeking to encourage. What will stop this from happening is if we don't care, if we don't notice, if we're afraid and if we don't know. Now, brothers and sisters, let's make this a priority for our church family this year. By God's grace, let's commit ourselves to this great task. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfil the law of Christ. Amen.